0: Black Women to Watch is on a mission to tackle the underrepresentation of Black women. We seek to celebrate those who are power rising through the ranks by amplifying their voices and their stories. These women run companies, transform industries, and are the very backbone of our democracy. Amazing in their own right, they are distinguished leaders, and through their journey, we uncover the keys of inspiration. As Vice President Kamala Harris said, Black women are often, too often, overlooked. And at Black Women To Watch, we're changing the game. Hello, hello, hello. We are back for season two. I'm so excited to finally be able to say that. It's been a minute since we've been here, but we are so excited for season two. Now, I have to just let you know, the Black Women to Watch team has been working like crazy, working through pitch competitions, sponsorships, so many amazing things that we cannot wait to share with you. But for now, we're going to keep all of that to ourselves, and we're going to focus on this amazing first episode. Now, season two, we're coming back even harder with some amazing interviews, and today's episode is no different. In just a few moments, you're going to meet Adenola Adeshola, who is an incredible millennial career strategist. Now, I didn't even really know what that meant, all I knew is I follow Adenola on social media and she gives crazy good tips when it comes to thinking about your career. And so today we sit down and we talk with her about her journey to becoming a millennial strategist and some of the key things that people need to think about as they're navigating their professional journey. Now, Adenola is a career strategist who helps high achieving corporate professionals secure new jobs that they love at companies that they love. She's also been a Forbes contributor where her career column on how to land a new job has been read over a million times. And her expertise has been featured in the New York Times, Fast Company, Bloomberg, and other publications. Now, since landing her dream job at a global PR firm and later realizing that she secretly hated it, She has been on a mission to help high achievers recognize, own, and show their value so they can stop playing small and boost their confidence. Now, if y'all don't know Adenola, I need you to stop right now and go to her website because she has testimonial after testimonial after testimonial of so many amazing people who have found value in her voice, in her words, in her wisdom. And we are so fortunate to be able to have her share a little bit of that with us today. And without further ado, here's the episode. Adanola, hi. I am so, so excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Again, welcome to the show. Now, one of the things that we always do here at Black Women to Watch is we start by asking our guests what their six-word memoir is. Now, these are six words to describe your life, and it gives us a little bit of a glimpse into who you really are. It can be funny. Introspective, reflective—really, anything that speaks to you. So, without further ado, what is your six-word memoir?
1: <laughs> okay, so i would I would say what came to mind right now is work hard, play hard, enjoy life. I love that. Work hard, play
0: hard, and enjoy your life. But it honestly, for me, it feels so serendipitous to the work that you do. But what does that mean for you?
1: I just feel like you know. We shouldn't take life so seriously, but we should enjoy the things that we do and, you know, making room for enjoyable work, but also for rest and, you know, moments that we'll remember outside of work. So that's the those are things that are really important to me, going hard at work, doing things I love, you know, and helping other people do the same, but also having time set aside to do other things you love outside of work is important.
0: That's amazing. I love that so much. So I I think, you know, what's interesting about what you said is really this idea of doing the things that you love, whether it's at work or in your personal life, it's all about finding happiness and being fulfilled through life. And so I love that so much. So before we dive in, I want to start at the very beginning. I want to understand who you were as a child. So when you think back to younger days and when you were growing up and aspiring um to be, you know, whatever it was that you thought you would be in life. Can you tell us just a little bit about who you were and what your aspirations were at the time?
1: It's such a funny story because I feel like I've always been a little bit of a rubble <laughs> because and, and and I always joke around and say that I was on a career exploration journey at like twelve. So I wanted to be a pediatrician until I was about eight years old and realized like that wasn't what I wanted to do. But being Nigerian, you're told that you can only really be a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, an engineer, if you really want to be successful. And I didn't want to do any of those things. And so when I realized that pretty early, I had to think about what do I really want to do? And so I remember coming to my mom all the time with different ideas and i thought about being a fashion stylist i thought about being a cook and a chef i thought about so many random things and it really had me thinking okay what do i want to do with my life so i guess i was a kid who was always very type a trying to figure out what my plan was for the rest of my life thinking very naively that everything would just be one track all all the way down which obviously we all know that's not how it works but that was the kind of kid that i was and i said i was a little bit of a rebel because I was trying to do something that was different from what everyone else around me was doing, like what my cousins were doing or what my friends were doing or what my aunts and uncles expected me to do. And I was okay with doing things differently, even if other people weren't understanding of it or weren't on that same path as me.
0: I think that resonates for so many. We often don't really know what path we want to take, but we have this um, inner voice that kind of speaks to, you: I want to do something different. And whatever it is, I want to be successful at it. And, you know, I can r- relate to that experience of growing up and not really knowing, but knowing whatever, it was going to be something special. Okay. So you talked about, you know, growing up, had these high expectations of, from your family, your parents of being a doctor or, you know, lawyer, whatever the case is, you chose to go a different path. What inspired you to become a career strategist? What What inspired that career path?
1: So initially, like I I got a job in PR, my dream job at a global PR firm three days after graduating college. I was working in the global chairman's office. I was like transitioning to different offices. I was moving to different teams with promotions and whatnot. And I realized quickly on, like I had plans, like I was going to be this PR executive, you know, the hill clacking PR exec that was calling the shots and helping people transition and change their stories, our companies and brands change their stories. And quickly I realized like that was not what I wanted to do. And I, and it really wasn't even me. I felt like my circumstances and the environment that I was in at work really put a sour taste in my mouth for my experience. And I was in a toxic work environment. I was really unsupported. I was passed over for the promotions that I really wanted to the point that one time I even had to train the person who got the promotion instead of me, which was very embarrassing in many ways. And I went through so many different things that by the time that I was ready to leave, I ended up up being able to transition and getting a better job somewhere else. And when that happened, there were so many colleagues and even people who were my friends who were also wanting to change, we didn't know how. There were so many of them that were like, how did you do this? What did you do? And that was what sparked this idea of, oh wow, like, I got the job that I wanted three years after graduating college. I was able to transition to a new job once I really decided I was ready for it, You know, after seven weeks of being serious about getting, my, getting that next position. And these were things that I had mastered that other people didn't know how to do. And when I looked around and saw like what other people were doing and how can I differentiate myself, but also be a voice and a almost like an example for people who look like me or who in, who are millennials who they maybe don't want to go to someone who doesn't get it. They want to go. They wish they could get you know information from someone who has been on the path who they feel like they can relate to. And so that was what sparked that idea for me to go all, all along that path. And I would say going back to my childhood, my mom is entrepreneur. And so she always told me like, you know, come up with a problem that people can solve. That was always something that she told me as a kid. And so it just clicked, okay, I have the solution. People have this problem. I can help them in this unique way. And it, it just was birthed from that realization that I could help people with it. What's interesting about your journey too is that, you know, you
0: started off in a corporate environment, figured out very quickly that the situation wasn't what you wanted it to be. You spoke about it being a toxic environment. I think a lot of women in particular really struggle with making a change because there is a perception that leaving a company or leaving a job or leaving a perceived good paying job is like a taboo thing to do. You know, when you think back to that experience, what gave you the courage to move on?
1: What gave me the courage to move on was the reality that I wasn't happy. Like I was crying on my way to work literally asking myself every day, is this life? Like, is this what everyone's going through? Did I sign up for this? And it, like, should I just settle in this? Is this what life is like now? And it's hard. It was hard. It was a hard decision to make because it was my dream job. It was where I'll never forget. Like I had a conversation. I was on a conference call around the couple first couple of months of being at that job. And I remember there was a lady on the call And she had been in the company for 40 years and she sounded happy. She seemed like she loved it. She talked about how she had made so many different changes that she was able to grow in the company as she grew. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's gonna be me. And I think later down the line realizing, no, I don't want that. That's not gonna be me. I don't want to stay at the same place. I I realized that I had to take control of my career. And so even though I was going back and forth of do I change, Like, do I change jobs or do I stay and stick it out? I, I had to ask myself, Am I? what is gonna help me take responsibility for my growth? And when I realized that I wasn't taking responsibility and that the the more lenient thing to do was just to stay and see how things played out, I realized that I didn't wanna do that. Like I wanted to be in control. I wanted to see what else was out there. And I had to get to this place where I had to accept that if I got this job and it was better than what I thought I could get or what other people have and you know, just getting started, then I have to trust that there is even better in store for me as I get better. And so that was really what prompted me to say, okay, you know, stop playing with yourself, start moving forward and really just try to see what else is out there. And so I feel like a lot of times, especially women, we pigeonhole ourselves, but the reality is your career is full of twists and turns and it doesn't have to be just a linear path. What's clear about the work that you do and the pivot that you've made in your
0: career is that you went all in. One of the things that I've noticed about you is that if you are, if anybody is looking for a job, it is going to be highly unlikely that they don't come across an article that you've written or a video that you've shared about the keys to success. Like You lean all the way in and I think that's an example of someone who is happy and is living in their purpose. We, you know, Here on this platform, we often talk about the difference between opportunity and purpose. There's a lot of really great opportunities that come up, but at the end of the day, you find your happiness when you're in alignment with your purpose, and it's very clear that's the way that you've navigated um, your professional journey, and so that is certainly an inspiration. I wanna switch gears just a little bit and I know one, you know, topic in particular that you often have been writing about and, and talking about is this idea of race in the workplace. And, you know, there's a number of different platforms and, you know, articles about this same topic. But this is a platform for black women. And I think, you know, I was reading the state of the black woman in corporate America. That is a sort of a research review that's provided by Lean In. And there's just, you know, a lot of data that points to this idea that, you know, black women in the corporate environment often experience a lot of just difficulty. I think everything from lack of representation at senior positions to just figuring out career growth and feeling and experiencing the limitations that come along with that. When you think about either the clients that you work with or perhaps the content that you share and the articles that you've written, you know, what is the main takeaway for somebody who is going through these experiences and feeling somewhat underwhelmed or unmotivated by the idea of exploring corporate America or continuing? to journey through corporate America when there's so many things that lead to an unsatisfactory experience?
1: Oh, I love that question. And, you know, sometimes people say, you know, a lot of, especially Black women, want to leave corporate America in pursuit of um, entrepreneurship because they feel like it's just easier and safer. But the reality is that other Black women need other Black women in corporate America. And so I don't always think that entrepreneurship is the exit strategy for Black women who wanna be successful because you can be successful as an entrepreneur and you can be successful and amazingly happy even in corporate America. And I think we also need those women and those Black women particularly who are in corporate America to continue to fight for what they want because that shows other black women that they can continue to get what they want as well. And you know, when you leave when you get somewhere being able to open that door and say, "Hey, this is how you this is how you get here. This is how you know, I'm going to lift you up." I think that's what we need especially. And so I think that's the one layer. I, and I think the other layer is that it's so important for black women, minority women and people in total to really know how to take authority over their careers. Because I think sometimes, a lot of times actually, we are in a place where we feel like if we follow all the rules, everything will fall in place for us. So as a like black women, we're like, oh, if we go to school, if we get that extra degree, get that MBA, get that master's degree, if we you know show up and stay late and say yes to everything, then our careers will fall in line and the reality is that doesn't work and so there are other rules that we have to be able and to be willing to learn if you also not only want to stay in corporate america but succeed in corporate america and so you really have to be willing to invest in yourself and invest in always learning and recognize that learning the skills to be successful on the job are not the only skills you need to learn to be successful in your career. And the other layer to that is going where you're loved. You know, a lot of times we look at what we've experienced and we think that, oh, this is all there is. And for me, I could have looked at that toxic work environment and been like, I am never going to get another job that's better than this. This is just how companies are. Corporate America is just like this. But instead, I was like, no, I'm going to get a better job. And instead, I've also helped other people get better jobs that they truly love, Black women who love their jobs, who love their teams, who work on exciting projects, who feel empowered and supported. And so it's important to let go of the notion that there's this underwhelming cultures everywhere, Where and, and the reality is they are, but they're also amazing companies. And so being able to understand how to find them, how to go where you're loved, how to go where you're valued, how to spot companies that aren't right for you are essential to being able to have a career in your terms where you feel like you can thrive and be empowered to do work that you enjoy. So as a
0: career strategist, I know that you often encounter you know some of the same mistakes that we all often make i'm sure that we're all guilty of it can you share just maybe one of the most common or most frequent um, mistakes that you see p- people make as they navigate through their career and what is a tip that we should consider to mitigate
1: that immediately so there are a lot of mistakes <laughs> there are so many but i love that there are so many mistakes that people make because that means that there are so many things that you can do to fix whatever you're doing, and you're not stuck. You just don't know the answers. But I will share one that I feel like can apply to anyone who just wants to advance in their career, and that is to not second-guess yourself. I see so many high achievers who second-guess themselves because of their circumstances. So maybe it's because they're in a toxic work environment, or because they don't have a supportive boss, they think that oh I'm not as good as I think or I'm not worthy of moving to the next place or I'm not worthy of the jobs that I want and or also because they think what they do comes easy to them they're for instance if you're easy at coming up with new marketing campaigns you may think that you're not as good but in reality your ability to do things easily does not mean that you're magical at it. And so those are things that I recognize that have allowed people to second-guess themselves and it shows up in them sabotaging their opportunities because you don't think you deserve it. Even if you get them, you'll find a way to even either, either show someone else that you don't believe that you deserve it or just sabotage it altogether. And so I would say that if you find yourself second guessing yourself, whether it be going after promotion, changing industries, going after that senior role for the first time in a, at a new company, really start to analyze what is it that I bring to the table. What is it that What is it about me that sets me apart. And that can feel like a big thing because it's like, what is it about me that sets me apart? But there are things about you that make you valuable. There are experiences that you have that maybe other people haven't been able to have, or there are experiences that you have that maybe other people haven't taken the time to even articulate in the way that you could articulate. And so really taking the time to sit down and really think about what are the accomplishments that I have under my belt? What are the things I have done? So I can so you can really speak to those things when you go into those that job search or the opportunities that you want. And a lot of times, people do things backwards. So instead of really thinking about what do I want and what can I do, especially when it comes to job searching, they just start updating my resume and throwing it out there and hoping something sticks. But that's hustling backwards because you haven't even really thought about what you can do and what you want to do. You're probably just thinking about how can I say the right bullets? How can I make it results oriented? And there is no like heart attached to anything that you're doing. And so if you're in that place where you find yourself doubting yourself or second guessing or disqualifying yourself before someone even has a chance to let you know if you're qualified, then I really recommend taking a step back and really thinking about what do you bring to the table and what makes you so that you can begin to speak to that. Because I always say that you are your greatest asset. And when you learn to become the best version of yourself, that's when you become unstoppable.
0: So another topic that you often talk about is this idea of salary, right? That's the hot button topic that everybody wants to figure out the secrets on how to negotiate a salary. Um, It's something that's top of mind for me because I don't think a lot of women in particular are given the tools to navigate that conversation. So I'd love, you know, any best practices that you could share with us just on how to think about the very, you know, delicate conversation around salary negotiations.
1: I would first say, don't make it delicate. <laughs> like negotiations should just be a part of what you do, you know, like when you really, and that's why the work that I do, you know, I have a signature coaching program called Career Fine And in that program, we really focus on knowing what you bring to the table, knowing your value, because when you know your value, you know it changes how you approach opportunities. You know because a lot of times people approach opportunities. Let me just take whatever I can get. I'm lucky to even get this job offer. I don't want them to take it away from me. Um, and so when it comes down to negotiating, it's like, what? Why would I do that? You know, like why would I negotiate? Whereas really high achievers, top candidates who know their worth, understand that money is just a part of the conversation. They understand that's just a part of doing amazing work and being rewarded. And there are people who have less experience than you, who consider themselves top candidates and who will negotiate just because they were offered the opportunity. And so it's really about changing your mindset about what it looks like to even negotiate because it honestly is not a big deal. And the best companies and the best managers and the best HR people understand that negotiations are part of the process and it shouldn't be this taboo thing to do and that's and i like if you notice some of the questions i answer i'm always like you have to think about your mindset first before you think about the tactics because when you have the right mindset the tactics just flow um but when it comes to the tactics i would say i always recommend not negotiating or talking about money until you get the job offer so really making sure that when you have the job offer and you know that you're their number one pick because you first focus on your value and what you can bring to the table, then negotiations are the, the icing on the cake. And so being able to first talk about your value first in the interviews and then talk about what you want or what that salary should look like when you know you're that they're your number one you're their number one pick is really key because then you have an anchor to talk about then you have an anchor to say you know this is what i know you're looking for this is what i can do i can do xyz and i feel like my salary should be met at that range and so being able to first understand what the company is looking for focus on your value and then talk about money is one of the things that are going to help you be able to know like when they want you and then you can talk about what you can do and why you know that you deserve the salary that you're looking for. I always say don't let gratitude talk you out of your coins. Like, <laughs> ask for
0: what you want. <laughs> can somebody put that on a shirt, a bag, a pin, something? There you go. Um, okay, so when we think about this platform, we're thinking about the many women who are navigating professional careers and looking for inspiration, but we're also thinking about the young women who are looking to be inspired about who they could be when they grow up. And so when you think about the work that you do, and you think about the future generation who will be stepping out into the work world, whether it's next year, in 10 years, whatever the case may be, what is it that you hope to inspire for the next generation as they think about being able to really own their career?
1: Yes, I love that question because I wish that there are so many things I wish I knew before I started and I, I always feel like I was thrown, as many people like thrown into the pool and taught to swim by myself when it came to surviving in your career. And for anyone who's like either about to graduate or about to start a new job or any of the things that they feel like they're that feels fresh for them, I really urge you to own your career. And we talked about this earlier, but you are your greatest advocate And nobody cares about your career more than you. Nobody cares more about your career growth more than you. Nobody cares more about how happy you are in your career more than you. And so your career is your responsibility. Do not wait for anybody else to do anything for you. You know, advocate for yourself, speak up for yourself. I always say one of the worst advice that we've all been told is put your head down and work hard. And I don't believe that. I believe that you should work hard and tell people what you did. Because if you work hard and no one knows that you did the things that you did, then you're just, you're just doing great work. And when you, have, when you do great work, but also attach that to you know, building great relationships and being able to talk about yourself confidently, that's when you're able to really advance in your career, whether that be in the office or in your job search. And so it's really important that you don't allow your career to fall on the backs of anybody else but to really own what you want, ask for what you want and live up to why you deserve it. And continue to, again, do the best that you can do, but also know that you can have whatever you want as long as you're willing to ask for it and go after it and show people why you know that you're ready for it.
0: There you go, I love it. Definitely wanna give you an opportunity to let us know how we can stay engaged because you know this is such an important topic. And I think at any given point of your career, you know, we all go through moments of trying to just figure out how to make the next move. And you have definitely given um, us the keys to just being able to leverage so many tools to discovering what that looks like for each and every one of us. So I want to make sure that those of you who are interested in staying in contact with Adenola, you have access to do that. So please do let us know what's your website, social media channels, how can we get in touch?
1: Yes. So my website is employee redefined.com. And if you want to work with me, you definitely can check out my website and learn more about my coaching program. I also have a free guide that can help you take you from zero interviews to dream job offers. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it is at the new employees.
0: This is the, you know, the very reason why I created this podcast is because so many of us are looking for inspiration and for ways to just feel rejuvenated in our goals. When we think about professionally, whatever that looks like, whether you're working in a corporate environment, whether you're stepping out on an entrepreneurial inventor, whatever that looks like. There's just so many examples of inspiration that are out there and so thank you so much for being a guest on this show and for giving us just a little bit more of inspiration on how to think and process our value the impact that we bring and at the core just making sure that whatever we do both in our professional life and in our personal life brings happiness and joy so thank you for that important reminder
1: yes I love it thank you for having me
0: Thanks so much for checking out another episode of Black Women to Watch. We hope that you're leaving with helpful nuggets of inspiration that can propel you even further into your journey. Now, if you like what you heard, take a moment to follow us on Instagram at blackwomentowatch and leave a comment sharing your feedback on this episode. And also share this episode with all of your friends so that they can be a part of the conversation as well. If you have an idea of a guest that we need to host on this show, be sure to visit our website at www.blackwomentowatch or hit us up in the DMs on Instagram and let us know who we need to invite on this show because we're always looking for more transformational inspiration that can help us all in our journey. Another episode is on the way next week, but until then, stay inspired. Stay inspired.